Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 126 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. I am still going through the first box that I have ordered from Built Bar, but there's such a great variety of flavors, and they are all delicious. I have yet to find a flavor that is anything less than awesome. And just remember, with promo code LOCKEDON, you can get $10 off of your first box of Built Bars. Just go to www.builtbars.com, enter promo code LOCKEDON, you get $10 off your first box. And the LOCKEDON theme for this week is greatest moments in franchise history. And with the Rangers, you know, I've been spending a lot of time, obviously since the coronavirus hit, we've been spending a lot of time looking back at some classic content, some great postseason moments from over the years. And if you missed this three-parter, I recommend going back and taking a listen right now. Episodes 111, 113, and 114, we rank all 19 Ranger playoff series wins from 1994 to current day. It was certainly a fun list to put together and just a great trip down memory lane, remembering all the times that the Rangers uh, vanquished a foe in the postseason. And so if you haven't heard those episodes, Definitely recommend going back and listening to them right now. We also, in episodes 107 and 108, ranked all 17 Ranger playoff overtime goals since 1994. And I mean, it doesn't really get much better than seeing the Blue Shirts pull off a win in overtime in the postseason. Some of them are just completely unforgettable. Uh, others, a little bit more obscure, but maybe you remember them as you hear me talk about them as well. But bottom line, the reason I mention all this is we've talked quite a bit about the Rangers' successes in the playoffs in the last 26 years. Some of the best moments in postseason play for the Blue Shirts. So today, in continuing to talk about some of the greatest moments in franchise history, I wanted to shift the attention to the regular season a little bit. And obviously, you know, the regular season, it doesn't always carry the same significance, the same importance, the same kind of nail-biting tension as the playoffs do, but there have been some great moments over the years as well. So I want to just kind of dive into a few of those today, just kind of jump all over the place from year to year, just some of the best Ranger regular season moments that I can recall. So we're going to get into that in just a little bit. But first, I want to kind of open today by calling out the NHL uh, for what I consider to be a missed opportunity. And that is, of course, it's something I mentioned in the past here, the players video game tournament that is happening right now and how the NHL has done little to nothing to promote this. And you guys know, you know, I, I've talked a little bit about the MLB Players Tournament. You know, Tommy Canley was representing the Yankees. Jeff McNeil was representing the Mets for all you New York fans. Uh, Blake Snell ended up winning the championship there. He beat Lucas Giolito of the White Sox in the finals. But the reason I mentioned the MLB Tournament is they did such a great job. If you log on to MLB.com, it was all over the website. You could click. There was a giant banner that, you know, promoting the Players Tournament. You click on it. You see standings. You see the schedule. You've got a link to everything. Every player's Twitter page, every player's Twitch page, every player's YouTube page, wherever they're streaming the video game, and you can click on it and watch them play the games. Or you can go on, you know, the MLB YouTube channel, and you can click there, and they'll have one or two featured games uh, to watch there. It's really up to you, but 
the bottom line is there was such great detail given by MLB to this tournament. Again, you click on the banner, you've got stats. You've got stats for a video game. You know, you can see how Tommy Canely has hit with Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks was just a beast. I don't know what it was, but Tommy Canely could just hit bombs with Aaron Hicks. So that was a lot of fun. And now you look at this NHL players tournament, it is next to impossible to find any information about it. You go on NHL.com, there's barely any mentioning of it. There is no mentioning of it. If you go on the homepage right now, you can't find anything about it. Uh, they did the initial article that ran on April 23rd announcing that this tournament would be forthcoming. And, you know, I got pretty excited about it. I mean, I know, listen, video games aren't for everybody. And perhaps even more true, maybe watching other people play video games aren't for everybody. But the bottom line this is the best we can do right now. There are no live sports. So this is the best you've got. I know it's a simulation. I know it's kind of silly. It's video games. You know, you might have that opinion. But it's a chance for the NHL to kind of grow the sport right now and give fans access to players. And we all know, you know, Chris Kreider is going to be representing the Rangers. And there's other big-name players in this tournament. You've got Kreider. You've got the Kachuk brothers. You've got James Van Riemsdyk, Evander Kane, Philip Forsberg, Jonathan Huberdeau, Tyler Johnson, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and a ton more players taking part in this tournament. And it's almost impossible to, to find any information on it. I have been doing Google searches and basically just scouring the internet looking for info on this player's league, and I can't even find out when Chris Kreider plays. He might have already played. I don't even know because they release the schedule so scarcely. Take week one, for example, okay? The league is going to start on April 30th, a Thursday at 5 p.m. Now, first of all, that's a little weird. 5 p.m. seems a little bit early. You know, I know people are stuck at home right now, but wouldn't you want to do it later in the night like MLB? They did it at 9 p.m. Eastern time, and that way, you know, it's fairly late around the country, wherever you may be watching. 5 p.m. Eastern time for the NHL Players Tournament. If you're anywhere else, it's even earlier than that. People are still working. So that's just a bizarre decision in the first place. But then on April 30th, there are only two games announced, and you've got Brady Kachuk of the Senators against Noah Hannafin and Matthew Kachuk of the Flames. So that's a cool way to start the tournament, right? You know, you get the brothers against each other, and Brady Kachuk wins two games to none. So I assume that means he's 1-0, and but I don't know because they don't explain it. And to add to the confusion, you know, again, April 30th, there were only two games. There was the one I just mentioned, and there was also Stephen Johns and Jamie Alexiak from the Dallas Stars against Zach Aston Reese and Brian Russ of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Johns and Alexiak won that series, or whatever you want to call it, three to nothing. So are they 1-0? Are they 3-0? When is anybody else going to play? And why, when you only have two games to begin with, are you scheduling them at the exact same time? Both of these games, you know, the Kachuk matchup and then also the Stars against the Penguins, were both at 5 p.m., so you couldn't watch both at the same time. And again, comparing it to the MLB tournament, you have these players... You have 16, 18, 20, 22 people, 22 different players in action on any given night and playing three, four, five different games. So it was very immersive. You know, you could just kind of binge watch it. It was a lot of fun. You know, I'm a Yankee fan, so I had a lot of fun watching Tommy Canely and kind of cheering him on. They have, you know, on Twitch, there's the, the sidebar and you can ask them questions. I was asking Tommy Canely what some of his favorite baseball movies are. He's sitting there and he's responding to it. And he's saying, oh, you know, I really like Field of Dreams. Major League's one of my favorites as well. And... You know, there, there's just none of that here. There, there's no 
fan-player interaction that's been set up by the NHL. And again, they're just missing a great opportunity. There's no competition right now. There is nothing going on in sports right now. So you have this players tournament, and people who are desperate enough, they're going to watch. They're going to watch these players play video games. It's a great chance to get some new fans. And the NHL, like I said, they have done next to nothing to promote this tournament. I still can't figure out when Chris Kreider plays. Like, I'll watch any of these matchups. I'm happy to watch pretty much anything involving sports right now. But I want to watch Kreider. I want to watch Kreider play as the Rangers. I want to see him take down the Penguins. I want to see him take down the, the Bruins, the Islanders, whoever else. And it's, like I said, it's just, it is nearly impossible to find out any information. Now, week two, they've announced the schedule, if you can even call it a schedule. There's going to be a game on May 7th at 5 p.m. Again, a Thursday at 5 p.m. It's just kind of weird, but okay, fine. We'll, we'll let that slide. But all you, the only game announced for that day is Connor Garland and Clayton Keller of the Coyotes taking on Jake DeBrusque and Charlie McAvoy of the Bruins. Great. I'll tune in. I'll watch. It'll be fun, I'm sure. A lot of fun little smack talk between the players. It'll be entertaining. But where are the other games? Like, why are they doing this, like, one game at a time? Like, just have everybody in action on the same day at the same time. Or, or not everybody, but at least, you know, a lot of players. Throw, like, 16 or 18 people into the ring and, you know, just, just let them play their games and you can tune in and watch whatever player you want to watch. And then, you know, there's another game announced for May 9th. That's a Saturday. Saturday, Jonathan Huberdeau of the Panthers taking on Evgeny Kuznetsov of the Capitals at 3 p.m. Great. I'll probably tune in for that as well because, again, if you want live sports right now, this is your best option. But can, can I can I see standings? Can I see a schedule? Can I find out when Chris Kreider plays, please? Am I asking for that much? This is just really basic stuff, and NHL right now is just getting this so wrong after MLB got it so right. Just copy their model. Just have on NHL.com, have a schedule, have standings, have you know, stats, if you want to go that far, you don't need to have stats. It's a video game. Who cares? But at least have a schedule. At least have links to say, hey, if you want to watch Chris Kreider play as the Rangers and, you know, take on uh, Matt Martin of the Islanders in a video game, then click on this link right here. How hard is that? And again, it's just a golden opportunity here. I mean, look, I'm not saying that, like, millions and millions of more people are going to start watching hockey because of this tournament, but you can at least get a few new fans, and then maybe, you know, somebody who watches the tournament says, hey, you know, they tell their friend, hey, this is a lot of fun, man, come check this out, you know, watch watch this video game. These guys talk a lot of smack to each other, they play NHL 20 against each other, it's a lot of fun. And then, you know, you just kind of have that, you know, ripple effect where more and more people find out about it. I don't know, you know, to, to me, it's just... The NHL has really, really dropped the ball here, and there's plenty of time to get it right, but can we start with just having a schedule of the freaking games on the website? I don't think I'm really asking for that much. So, rant over, but again, NHL has to do a better job with this. It's basically free promotion for the video game and free promotion for the league itself, and I haven't even mentioned the charity yet. Now, I mentioned the charity in a different episode when I was originally talking about this tournament, but I, I should have mentioned it first today as well. But bottom line, Electronic Arts, EA, and the NHL Foundation are donating a combined $100,000 in support of the CDC Foundation's COVID-19 relief efforts, and that's fantastic, A-plus, great stuff right there. But again, draw people to this tournament, and then you can redirect them from the tournament to give to this charity as well. So... It's just they've swung and missed at basically every level here has the NHL when it comes to promoting this tournament. And I would just like to see them take better advantage of this opportunity to get people to donate to the charity and get a chance to grow the sport a little bit. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, 
And unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. The other interesting piece of news that broke recently that I thought we could talk about a little bit here today is Wayne Gretzky was recently asked to pick who would be his ideal two line mates uh, from today's crop of players in the NHL. And his response was Connor McDavid and Alex Ovechkin as his line mates. Uh, Gretzky and Ovechkin recently played a series of NHL 20 uh, games. You know, the video game against one another had a lot of fun doing that, it appeared. And yeah, now it, it appears the great one has selected Alex Ovechkin, Connor McDavid as his two line mates. And here's what he had to say as far as why he picked each of those two players. He says, for me, probably Connor because of his speed. And Ovechkin, because if we get him the puck, you know he's going to hit the net or at least have a chance to score. So those two guys would be fun to play with. And he said this during a hashtag hockey at home video call this week. But he also mentioned a couple other players, honorable mentions, if you will, as far as players that he would like to play alongside if he was, you know, in the NHL right now. He mentioned Leon Dreisaitl, Sidney Crosby, Austin Matthews, and Mitch Marner, but he ultimately selected Connor McDavid and Alex Ovechkin. I do have a little bit of a bone to pick with the great one here. Where are the Rangers? You know, Wayne Gretzky, he obviously played his last three uh, seasons of his incredible career with the New York Rangers, and no mention of uh, Artemi Panarin or Mika Zibanejad. I think, uh, you know, a lot of us have been talking about how Artemi Panarin should be in the conversation for, you know, MVP this season, and, and I still stand by that, but even, you know, getting snubbed a little bit by Gretzky here. And and look, there, there's nothing wrong with any of the picks that, that Gretzky made here. Uh, McDavid and Alex Ovechkin, you can't go wrong with either of them. But yeah, it would have been cool to see him shout out some of these Rangers. But, you know, I'm sure he's just picking names, uh, you know, off the top of his head there. And obviously he selected some great ones as well. I also know that, you know, Gretzky was obviously a center and so is Mika Zibanejad. But by that same token, Connor McDavid, who was one of Gretzky's picks, he's a center as well. And I think when you've got players uh, that talented out there on the ice, I think you can probably figure it out. Somebody can move over to the wing and you would do just fine. I also think it would have been interesting to hear, you know, which two defensemen would he like to be out there with them? And I realize, you know, forwards and defensemen, line combinations versus defense pairings, they, they're they kind of interchangeable. You know, different line combos will be out there with different defense pairings and vice versa. But it still would have been interesting to know uh, which two defensemen he would like to share the ice with of today's NHL players. And also, which goalie? Which goalie would he like to be out there, uh, you know, kind of being the backbone of his team if he was in today's NHL? Would have been interesting to hear that as well. But without any further ado, we're going to get into some of the greatest Ranger regular season moments. Like I said, you know, we've talked quite a bit about the postseason. We've talked ad nauseum about the Rangers' run to the 1994 Stanley Cup Championship. So today, we're going to shift the focus a little bit and look at, you know, some of the best Ranger regular season moments from over the years. And I figure we might as well go ahead and start with this because we've been talking about Wayne Gretzky a little bit anyway. So how about Wayne Gretzky's final game of his incredible NHL career? 
He, of course, concluded his playing days as a member of the Rangers. He spent his last three seasons in the NHL with the New York Rangers. Uh, unfortunately, the Rangers missed the postseason the last two of those three years. And so Wayne Gretzky's incredible tenure in the NHL comes to an end in a regular season game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, a 2-1 to home loss in the Garden. And in that game, the only Ranger goal was scored by Brian Leach. But guess who got one of the assists on that play? It was Wayne Gretzky. So that was the final point of his career. And I've always just thought there was something kind of poetic about the game going into overtime. You know, it's almost like the game of hockey didn't want to let go of Wayne Gretzky. He was the greatest player to ever play. And, you know, somehow, some way, uh, the game of hockey just kind of held on to him for a little bit longer. We got a couple extra moments with Wayne Gretzky as an NHL hockey player, uh, just ultimately delaying the inevitable. He was he was going to hang him up after this game. But unfortunate, you know, obviously that the Rangers didn't make the playoffs this year and that they didn't get the win uh, against the Penguins on this day. I remember actually being mad at the Rangers because overall they kind of underachieved this season. I, I think most people would have thought they would have at least, you know, gotten into the playoffs. So it would have been nice to see Wayne Gretzky in the postseason one final time, you know, not just ending his career in what's essentially a mean. It's never meaningless, but you know what I mean. It doesn't have any bearing on the Rangers, their standing or their playoff chances. They weren't going to the playoffs. And so it was unfortunate that it had to end that way. But not everything can be perfect. Not every player in NHL history, even Wayne Gretzky, gets to end his career holding the Stanley Cup over his head. That's just a fact. And that was obviously true on this day. But what a great ceremony. I mean, his wife and his kids were there. He gets just a deafening ovation from the Madison Square Garden crowd. He gave a speech before the game. There was a long, you know, the team was posing for pictures for a long time after the game. His family was on the ice, uh, just skating around, waving to everybody. The, the Rangers were surrounding him. The Penguins were still on the ice as well, banging their sticks on the ice, you know, just showing the respect, showing the appreciation for what he had done for the game of hockey. And something else that you got to remember, you know, Wayne Gretzky was only a Ranger for three years, but it felt longer than that. And it felt like, you know, as soon as he was there, he was immediately welcomed and he immediately became a New York Ranger. I mean, he is the greatest player in NHL history, so that probably has something to do with it. But it was just cool to see how quickly Ranger fans embrace him. And we're lucky, man. You know, we're lucky that we got to see Wayne Gretzky in action, you know, toward the end of his career because he was a darn good player. He was still a great player right up until the time that he hung them up. And in fact, this last season, and again, this happened on April 18th, 1999, his final game in the NHL. But he spent those last three years with the Rangers, and the last year, 1998-1999, this was the only time in his career that he was not a point-per-game player. He skated in 70 games that year, nine goals, 53 assists. So a 62-point season in 70 games, the weakest season of his NHL career, and there's guys in the NHL even today that would sign up for a season like that. But just... I mean, what what can you possibly say? I mean, we can go over the numbers. You know, we all know how great Wayne Gretzky is, but sometimes you you do have to look back at the numbers just to remember how ridiculous this really was. Okay, 1,487 career NHL regular season games, 894 goals, 1,963 assists, a total of 2,857 points in 1,487 games, nearly two points per game for his entire career. Pure insanity, uh, 208 Postseason games, 122 goals, 260 assists. So 382 points in 208 postseason games. And even the one year that he made the playoffs with the Rangers, 15 games, 10 goals, 10 assists. So 20 points in 15 uh, postseason games with the Rangers. Uh, I mean, there's no words to describe Wayne Gretzky's career. Just absolutely incredible. And, you know, I hadn't watched this in a long time. The, uh, 
just everything that happened on Wayne Gretzky's final day in the NHL, everything that happened before the game, some behind-the-scenes looks. Uh, you get some player interviews on this video that I watched, you know, Brian Leach talking about it, Adam Graves, Mark Messier, just fantastic stuff. Really cool to see him uh, go out with the Rangers. Like I said, we were very lucky to get to see Wayne Gretzky in action for those last three years. Another great Ranger regular season moment for me has to be the 2012 NHL Winter Classic. Of course, the Rangers taking on the Flyers that season, and it was in Philadelphia. The Flyers claimed a 2 to nothing lead. It was a scoreless first period. The Flyers get goals by Braden Shen and Claude Giroux in the second period. In fact, those goals were less than two minutes apart from one another. But then just 30 seconds later, Mike Rupp strikes back for the Rangers, assists by Brandon Prust and John Mitchell. So that cuts it to 2-1. to one. We go to the third period, just 2.41 into the third Rupp strikes again, and once again, assist by Brandon Prust and John Mitchell. So the game is tied just like that. And then about three minutes later, not quite three minutes later, Brad Richards scores the game-winning goal, his 14th of the season at that time. Assist to Brandon Dubinsky and Ryan Callahan. So the Rangers take the lead there. The Flyers do get some pressure down the stretch. And the moment that I'll never forget is when the Flyers were awarded a penalty shot. And basically, you know, the Flyers, it's getting late in the game. Uh, the goalie is pulled down to about 25, 20 seconds, and there's a scramble in front of the Ranger net. The Flyers are trying to stuff at home. The Rangers are trying to keep it out, and the Rangers were called for covering the puck in the crease. Ryan McDonough was trying to keep the puck out. I don't know that he ever really, you know, put his glove over it. It seemed to me like he had his glove in front of it, just trying to keep the puck out, but regardless, they called it. The Flyers are awarded a penalty shot, and they are allowed to pick who takes the shot. They go with Danny Briere, and of course, Henrik Lundqvist makes the save. And again, there's only 19.6 seconds left at this point, so a game-saving stop by Henrik Lundqvist there. He was so good on breakaways, man, and penalty shots and shootouts. Uh, you always felt like you had the advantage, no matter who was going up against Henrik Lundqvist. And it was just, it was awesome, because, you know, as a fan... You're watching that. You're not even sure the Flyers should have been awarded this shot. And then Lundqvist just never blinks. He's not going to let the Flyers take this game away from himself and the Rangers. And again, Rangers with uh, just a great win. It's the Winter Classic. They erase a two-goal deficit on the road. They come back and they win 3-2. And you get, once again, a game-saving stop on a penalty shot by Henrik Lundqvist against Danny Breer. So a great, great regular season moment there for the Rangers. There's going to be some recency bias here just a little bit. We do have to mention two moments from this season, though, and that is, of course, the four-goal comeback against the Montreal Canadiens coming out of a 4 to nothing deficit to claim just a wild 6-5 to victory in Montreal. Uh, you just don't see that every day. You know, it's a four-goal comeback. It does happen a little bit more in today's NHL. I think teams are capable of scoring a lot of goals quickly, you know, maybe more so than they used to be in the past, and there are more comebacks, but again, you know, a four-goal comeback is a four-goal comeback. That will never not be impressive, no matter what situation it is, what team accomplishes the feat, what the quality of the opponent is. I mean, I know, obviously, the Canadians have had kind of a tough season, but hey, you know, the Rangers, down four goals on the road. They come back, they get the win. Uh, certainly nothing to sneeze at. And then also, I mean, how can we not mention Mika Zibanejad's five-goal performance? Again, something that you do not see every day. Just the second time that that had happened in Ranger history, one player scores five goals in the same game, and the Rangers needed every single one of those goals, because if you remember, Remember, that was against the Capitals. The game went to overtime, and Mika Zibanejad uh, buried the game winner. He was sprung on a breakaway by Artemi Panarin with a great pass up the center of the ice. He roofs a backhand. Looked like it caught a little bit of the bar, but it goes in, and Mika Zibanejad wins the game. Five-goal performance. What else needs to be said? It was absolutely incredible, and the diversity of the goals. I've talked about that before as well, but I mean, just scoring every kind of goal you can imagine from every different angle on the ice. Uh, just a fantastic performance by Mika Zibanejad. And another I wanted to mention here, we mentioned Wayne Gretzky's last game. How about Mark Messier's return to New York? Because 
He obviously, you know, you think Mark Messier, you think the guarantee, you think the 1994 Stanley Cup championship, at least if you're a Ranger fan. If you're an Oiler fan, you probably think about them winning five Stanley Cups back in the 80s. But if you're a Ranger fan, that's what comes to mind first. And then obviously, he ended up going to the Vancouver Canucks for three seasons. That was after the 1996-1997 Rangers season. He goes to the Canucks for three years. He comes back to the Rangers for 2000-2001. It felt like he was home. And, you know, I realized that Marc Messier was not the same player at that point that he had been at other parts of his NHL career. And, in fact, the Rangers missed the playoffs all four of those years when Marc Messier returned to the team. The Canucks missed the playoffs all three years. So it really is unfortunate that Marc Messier did not get back to the playoffs in any of his final seven NHL seasons. But it was cool. You know, it felt like the captain was home. And it was nice to see him conclude his career with the Rangers. And, you know, really, obviously his production tailed off a little bit, but he had 67 points his first season back with the Rangers. And then even his last year, 2003-2004, uh, 43 points in 76 games, 18 goals and 25 assists. So, you know, again, it, it's not, you know, bottom of the barrel, awful production. This guy can't play hockey anymore. It's just it was so far from what you were used to seeing from Mark Messier. I think that's the best way I can put it. It's basically, you know, a third liner's numbers, maybe even a second liner's numbers. And the other interesting thing to me was we actually got Mark Messier and Yarimir Yager as teammates for not too long. Yager only skated in 31 games with the Rangers that year. But nevertheless, you know, kind of a surreal sight to see Messier and Yager on the same team. Uh, Just interesting. You know, two of the greatest to ever play the game of hockey. Just an interesting combination there. It might have been fun to see them, uh, you know, get a little bit more time together than that. But at that point, you know, Messier was was on his last legs and, and about to hang them up. And then Yager, obviously... Uh, you know, yet the strike season in 2004, 2005, and then in 2005, 2006, he has that just insane 123 point season for the Rangers. But yeah, once again, uh, just just a lot of fun seeing Mark Messier close out his career with the New York Rangers. I know that they didn't have the success that they were looking for at that time, no postseason appearances, but it just felt appropriate, a nice way for Mark Messier to wind down just what was, again, an incredible career. And just one more that I wanted to throw out there as far as, you know, a great Ranger regular season moment here, and we can end with this one, is we're going to go back to the 2012-2013 season. This was a shortened season. The Rangers only played 48 games this year, but it's coming down the stretch. The Rangers are looking to punch their ticket to the postseason, and they are playing at the Carolina Hurricanes in the second-to-last game of the regular season. The game goes into overtime, tied at three, and then... Ryan Callahan gets to a loose puck along the boards. He never really breaks stride, and he just fires a shot uh, to the far side of the net and in, and overtime winner, Rangers going to the playoffs. So again, you know, one of those seasons where that was right around that time period where it felt like the Rangers, they would always kind of make you sweat it out. You know, they, they never really clinch playoffs early, and especially in a shortened season such as this one, uh, it took them longer uh, than maybe you would like. You know, maybe it would have been nice to see them clinch playoffs a little bit earlier than they did, but regardless, they get the overtime winner there, and then they also go on to beat the New Jersey Devils 4 to nothing in the regular season finale, but this overtime winner by Ryan Callahan is what ensured that the Rangers would be going to the playoffs, and, and just to let you know for a little bit of context what happened next. The Rangers were the sixth seed. They played the three-seeded Capitals in the first round. They won in seven games, and then they lost in five games to the Bruins, and that was John Tortorella's last season as the Rangers head coach. And another crazy stat here, uh, Henrik Lundqvist played 24 of the final 25 regular season games, and he played all 12 playoff games. So he played 36 out of a possible 
37 games, and Marty Biron was the backup, and he was not a bad backup. But, you know, again, you have the shortened season. All these games are huge. The Rangers fighting for their playoff lives, trying to get into the dance, and Henrik Lundqvist basically shouldered the load. The Rangers played great down the stretch. Lundqvist was just outstanding, and Rangers go to the playoffs. And, you know, again, just, just a great moment by Ryan Callahan. I know Ranger fans, you know, kind of have mixed feelings on Callahan, but he came up clutch here for the team and sent them to the postseason. But that's going to do it for today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. I know we we're kind of a little bit all over the place today, but hopefully you guys enjoyed some of these, you know, great Ranger regular season moments from over the years. And hopefully, uh, you know, maybe the NHL can step up its game as far as promoting this video game tournament that they have going on right now. You know, I would certainly like to see Chris Kreider in action in that tournament. I think that could be a lot of fun. But bottom line, we're going to be back here with a new episode tomorrow. We're going to have part three of Sports Movie Brackets with Gabrielle Starr of Locked On Red Sox and Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres. Got a couple more movie matchups to discuss. And then next week, we're going to get into the franchise what-ifs, some of the biggest what-ifs in Ranger franchise history. And I'll look to line up some guests for you guys as well. That's been a lot of fun talking to a bunch of, you know, various uh, sports personalities, getting them on the show and just having a lot of fun talking Rangers and hockey in general. So we got all that to look forward to. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And absolutely, give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.